We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. Oh, we're on fire this evening. Woo! The Canucks beat the Leafs. Beat the Leafs. Beat the Leafs. Beat the Leafs. 15 games remaining. Uh, Quinn Hughes maybe coming. Who knows? Brandon Sutter out for the season. And the Canucks, what happens from here, Curb? 15 games left. Yeah, 15 games left. Are we going to see some changes? Quinn come in, play some games? Uh, you know, we can... Talk about some of the strengths, some of the weaknesses as this team moves forward into the offseason. A lot of people are saying we should go after a D-man. Should we go after a D-man? I don't know. But uh, let's start with the Leafs. Let's start with the Leafs. Right? We but, beat them. And, and in, like, come-from-behind fashion. Dude. No one was expecting that. No one was expecting that. Us, at the end of the second period... We were both just down, hey? <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if the Canucks get shut out for a second straight game here and lose to our, you know, I don't call them the nemesis, but nobody likes the fucking Leafs, let's yeah. be honest. Well, I mean, especially after that Vegas game yeah. where they were just chasing the game the entire time. Canucks had a great first period against the Leafs in this game. Came out like a house on fire. Leafs had a lot of, like, all the Leafs' chances were great A scoring chances, but... I mean, they kept pace with them, and they had a really good opening shift, a really good closing shift, great bookend to that first period. And then the second period, they just started chasing the game. And the momentum turned in that game because of the fucking power play oh, again. Yeah. The power play completely turned that game on its head. It would have been a TSN turning point, I mean, if uh, we broadcasted for them. And, uh, like, all of a sudden, everybody was down and not feeling well and just being like, this is another case of history repeating itself. But these scrappy Canucks... They, Come back in the third. They were into it tonight. Oh, fuck yeah. And even if they had lost and maybe didn't have as good as third period as they did end up having, I still like the fight from a lot of the a lot of the forwards. Defensemen, too. You could tell a lot of the guys were jumping Dude, up into the play. Stetcher was feeling it. Yeah, he had a hell of a that game. That huge hit on Matthews. That was maybe, I don't want to call it a turning point, but it was it was like probably the best moment of the game so far for the it, Canucks at yeah, that point. At that point. And then, I mean, like, Biega was just everywhere tonight. He was the Superman, and, <laughs> you know, Pouliot was his lowest lane. He had to continue saving him all night. Pouliot made some bad plays again, man. Like, And one ended up in yeah. the back of the net, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, like, we can't complain too much. They won. Biega had a great game. Stetcher had a great game. Levo had an amazing game against his former team. I thought Goldobin played really well. The Canucks scored on the power play, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, a power play goal. Like, there was just so many things in that third that turned it around. And two quick ones, right? Yeah. The Leafs scored two quick ones in the second. Canucks come back in the third. They score two quick ones, which is fantastic. Where, well, I, I, you know what I really liked from the Canucks in that game? Just just the fight from some of the forwards. Like Tanner Pearson. Yeah, he played well. G Gaudette, Josh Levo. I thought those guys were probably the three best forwards. Gaudette was moving tonight, man. Yeah. And then all of, we have a unicorn sighting tonight. Louis Erickson drags his horn out of the woods, starts galloping, and then <laughs> pops in a backhander. And you mentioned to me that you were dreaming. The other night of Louis scoring with a backhander, which I find kind of weird. Yeah, but, and uh, it was it was a I thought it was against the Vegas Golden Knights, and then obviously the Canucks got shut out three nothing yeah. by Vegas. I'm like, of course that was dream. Louis Erickson scoring, dream. This is a 
premonition from the sports prophet Art Aronson. I do like. I mean, there's so many things that I still have qualms with with Erickson, but I mean, like, you got to give it to him. He's in the right spot. Godet found him, and Godet had the like the jump in his game to find him, and then Louis just potted that backhander past yep. Anderson, the far side of the net. It was a great play by yeah. Godet to get him into a scoring opportunity, and somehow Louis Erickson found the net first goal in 18 games. Oh. Good God. Man, how about Levo's shot, though? That sauce pass from Goldobin to give it to Levo, and then Levo just ripped it. And that that's very reminiscent of his first game as a Canuck, where he scored that beauty, and everybody's just like, holy shit, man, this guy can shoot. And uh, I think Levo should be here for a while. I really like his game. And, I mean, nobody knows about the status of, of Berchi, but I think Levo is, is a nice fit on this team. And he has some chemistry with a few different guys, and it's great. The Canucks needed that, man. Canuck oh, fans man, needed, that. needed that. And think about how, like, kind of big that game was. Yeah, it was a Wednesday night game, which meant, though, it was nationally televised. We got Jimmy Hewson. Yeah, beauty. Uh, got Craig Simpson. Just repeats everything that Jimmy Hewson says. Jimmy Hewson makes a point, and then Craig Simpson goes, ah, you're absolutely right, Jim, and uh, I'm just going to repeat what you just said. And that's it. That's it. Jimmy Hewson <laughs> is so good at his job. And then Craig Simpson is just like, Ah, you're absolutely right, Jim. Like almost every time. Yeah, it's really Troy, Troy Buckett or uh, Joe Joe, Joe Buckett Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, wow, I just yeah, I just you farmed those, it. I just put those two names together. <laughs> I pulled a Donald Trump. Yeah, you should have seen Donald Trump today. He called Tim Cook, Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. I don't know how Trump made it into between the stammers, but he did. Uh, we are recording this obviously after the Canucks win over the Toronto Maple Leafs March 6th this is episode 24 now I think yeah not bad not bad we're doing all right I mean one a week consistent yeah not bad Mr. Consistency right and thanks to the people who have been downloading because our numbers have been up yeah yeah we really appreciate it man and we're gonna keep trying to put out content for you you know and the more you want it please interact with us too we're both on Twitter uh art you're on some other platforms as well Instagram Facebook yeah Anyway, back to the Canucks. They needed that because it it been really negative over oh. the past week. Since our last podcast, what's happened? You had the loss to the Colorado Avalanche, a game where I said if they lose that game, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It was an overtime game. They worked pretty hard in that they game. They did. They well like they emptied the tank in that game and then yeah. the Arizona game the following night back to back. A guy like Horvat who was honestly like Working so hard that entire Colorado game, trying to shut a guy like McKinnon down. Yeah, you know he was pretty unnoticeable in that Arizona game. It just looked like he ran out of gas. And, and then the Knights game after that was just oh. And and you're missing uh, the Arizona game as well, right? Well, that's so, what I'm talking about. Oh, oh yeah, the Arizona Horvat game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Emptied his tank yeah. against Colorado, and then the next night you, you could you couldn't even see him out there because he he was so tired. And maybe the worst game of the season, the 3 nothing loss to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I th- they chased that entire game. And then, like, uh, by the end of it, if you were still watching, which I know a lot of people weren't. Um, what were the shots? A lot of people were just wanting to see 50 shots against <laughs> just to see, like, is Marky, how many is Marky going to stop? And, I mean, Marky, his save percentage went up that game, even yeah. though he only let in three goals, which is pretty incredible. Marky's been unreal. He's been so good. He was so good tonight against the Leafs as well. Yeah, he kept them in it early yeah. when there was like some real like key opportunity, like really 
good scoring chances for the Leafs in the beginning of the game, which would have made it different. It was somehow 0-0 after first period of play. And I kind of felt like, yeah, the Canucks played well, but they were also lucky that Markey was behind them there. And then, yes, the second period is where the Leafs got two quick ones and we were all down in the dumps, but somehow came back to beat the Leafs. First time this year the Leafs have given up a two-goal lead in, yeah. a, in a game. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, I know it's been a little negative out there in Canucks land lately, and, and you know, the, the dream of the playoffs is starting to fade. But really, you know, a lot of people are slicing it up differently. And when you think about it, the Canucks have been in most of these games that they've lost. You can't say that about last year. Yeah. You can honestly say that the power play has probably cost us the most of where we are right now. The power play needs to be addressed. It needs to be fixed. A, a guy like Quinn Hughes, when he comes in, probably going to help that out pretty significantly, right? Um, so what do, you, whole, what do you want to see in this last 15 games? Well, as I want them to keep playing the way that they've been playing all season. They've been in most of these games. Yeah. This last stretch was rough because not only did it feel like we lost a shot at the playoffs, they got beaten pretty bad two games in a row against uh, Arizona and against the Golden Knights. They showed up for sure against Colorado. They showed up tonight against the Leafs. They played a good game. Yeah. Like the, the second period was the lull, and they still managed to battle their way through it. And honestly, man, this year when we started this podcast, our addresses of this team were like the weaknesses of this team are defense. That's still a weakness. Mm -hmm. Goaltending was another big one. That's changed. And over-reliance on the top players, yeah. right? And and Markey has been absolutely fantastic. So I just want to see them keep keep the course, like keep playing the way that they played tonight, you know, try and show up for all these games, play it out. I want to see Quinn Hughes jump into this lineup to see what he's going to do, to see what he looks like. So are you on the train that wants Michigan to be out of the – Oh, yeah, 100%. Get him in there? Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you be? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I think we all want to see this kid, and I think everybody kind of wants to see what kind of an impact he's going to have moving the puck up the ice because mm -hmm. the breakouts are one of the key reasons why the Canucks have had trouble, right? Mm -hmm. It's that possession that you need to get in your own end, taking it up the ice and gaining the zone, but especially on that power play. With all the injuries, like, you look at the back end for the Vancouver Canucks right now. Like, it is just a mix-mix back there. Dude, Hutton didn't play Ray tonight, Tag. right? Like, yeah. yeah, Hutton didn't it, play tonight. It was, what, it was uh, Stetcher and Edler. Playing the majority of the right? minutes. I mean, Stetcher had half the game logged by, he had 21 and like 21 minutes and 42 seconds of like ice time after two periods. That's half the game he was out there for, right? Um, at that point in the game. And then you had uh, Biega, who was supermanning the whole time for a guy like Pouliot to make up for his deficiencies. And then you had Sautner and, and Shen, who honestly had a little bit of trouble with the Leafs tonight, man. Like, Marner was really scary out there tonight. But he was. I so mean, they Troy were able Stetcher, to get the job done. 27 one on insane. the ice. Alex Edler, 26 20. And then after that, Alex Biega, 21 9. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Pouliot, 21 for Derek Pouliot actually played more than Alex Biega. Man. Good God. Biega was great tonight. He was just feeling it, hey? Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> what oh, about you? What do you what man. do you want to see for the rest of the season? I'd like to see this power play continue to get work. And I know everybody's jumbling it around and, and trying to get different looks at it, but I don't think that's a problem. Like, let's continue this. Let's experiment. 
Yeah. What do you think about having like Besser on the second unit? Or do you think you should put all your ducks on the first unit? I I feel like I said it uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about their power play. I, I don't mind getting a look at it. Yeah, I, I don't know like if it's it. the answer. I still don't know if it's the answer, but mm-hmm. I don't mind getting a look at it. It was the second unit that scored the power play, I think, the power play goal. That goldie pass to, I mean, Levo was the thing that did it, right? Yeah. Well, you know what's kind of making it work right now? The hungry nature of guys like Pearson and Levo and Goldobin. I well, think all those guys are hungry for goals, and I that's what I want to see. I just want to see all the players hungry and playing hard the rest of the year. This is one thing that we also talked about, though. With a guy like Tanner Pearson in there, he's crashing the net. Yeah. We saw a lot more crashing the net tonight, probably tonight, than we have in any other game all season. It's true. They Canucks were, were all over it. Yeah, Tanner Pearson, you know? for sure. He was right in front of that net. Yeah, they were giving Freddie Anderson like a pretty pretty rough time. And if yeah. you keep doing that consistently night in, night out, you're going to bang some garbage in, and it's yeah. going to be good. I also, like, I mean, shots from the point getting through, like, that's – one of the most important things. Apparently, Not sailing over the net either. No, Alex Viega you know? can actually. I okay. I have to personally apologize to Alex Viega. <laughs> uh, if we did a rewind, there was a moment on this podcast where I called him that annoying tryhard in PE class that pisses off all the actual athletes who are like, this guy's trying really hard and he's pissing me off because I just want to skate through PE using my athleticism. Well, this dickwad is, you know trying to suck up to the teacher. He's given 110%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look where that gets you. Hard work pays off. And I think, like, right now, he's one of the better defensemen in the, on that back end. Oh, man. What does that say about the back end? Good question. But, uh, I mean, he's earned. He's deserved, he deserves to be here right now. He's playing good hockey. He does deserve to be here. Yeah. And you got you to gotta, you gotta give him credit. I have to give him credit. I apologize, Alex Viega. You are proving a wrong, a wronger out of the sports profit, the self-proclaimed <laughs> sports profit. So yeah, 15 games remaining. Uh, they're gonna have to do it without Brandon Sutter. He's out for the rest of the year, presumably. Sports hernia surgery. Not the first time he's had this problem. So we were all that's wondering, a concern. Yeah, we were all wondering. It, was he gonna be able to come back, and was he gonna be healthy enough? So the Canucks could move him at the deadline, remember? Because we yep. thought maybe he'd come back. Yeah. And we heard no news no about news. this for yeah. a couple of weeks. Complete radio silence. And then we were all upset at the trade deadline when there was no sniffs. Yeah. Brandon Sutter. And I think we know why now. Yeah. But this is the thing that bugs me about this Canucks team. And it, yeah. and it happens year in, year out. Yeah. It's happened with Sutter before. It happened with Goodbranson twice. It happened with Gaunts. All these injuries happen, and then we get no timetable for a return. And then we get that, whole, oh, well, you know, no, he's close. We don't know. We don't know. And then two weeks after that, we hear the shutdown for the season. Why? Why does this continue to happen with this team? It, like, it really pisses me off. I mean, I, I don't think it's 100% on Benning. But I think his job as general manager, he needs to be a little more forthright with the media when they're asking questions about injuries. They're like, this news that we're getting at this late? And by I, forthright, I, don't know, I mean stop lying. Yeah, I He's don't, lying. I don't know any other team in the NHL that is worse at delivering injury news than the Canucks. Yeah. Like, they're, the way they do it is fucking horrific. And, and it makes you and me as fans question everything that's going on there, from strength and conditioning 
to the medical staff, these repeat injuries on certain players, like this has happened to Sutter, sports hernia, groin, sports hernia, these types of things, like isn't this one thing that he should be continually working on to, to strengthen? Why is this the thing that continues to happen to him? He's at a point now where I'm wondering, like, is he going to play again? He had an awful season. Yeah. If this is at the end, he's 30 years old. He had six points, yeah. four goals and two assists yeah. in 26 games, minus 12. Shutdown role, you know, so I know he's not there to produce points. He started off the season pretty good with the Canucks. There's a problem when you say that, though. And in today's NHL, you have to get scoring from all your lines, from from at least three lines. No, I understand that, Art, but, like, what – like, there are some things that Sutter has done well. I know. You're more of a champion of him than I am. I, I do think he does some good things. I'm not going to, like, say, he, like, you can't base a guy who's playing on your thir- your bottom six by the points he's putting up. You just can't. Right. You have to look for the little things. You have to look for guys who can protect the puck when they're out there. Right? Not make stupid plays. Get it back to the D-man. Get it up. He's good at his transition game. He's not good at passing. We Everybody knows that. He's not a playmaker. But he is pretty good at defensive zone faceoffs, and he is pretty good at shutting some of the bigger guys down on the other team. He works. He works hard minutes. Yeah. Everybody's saying coming into this season, like him and Beagle kind of make each other redundant, one or the other. I think Beagle's line has suffered a little bit w- with having a guy like Louie on it as of late, because I don't think Louie's the type of guy who should be a fourth line player. I honestly don't know what to do with Louie. Fucking ecstatic! He scored a goal tonight, <laughs> first in eighteen games, and shocked, right? But like that Mott line when it was like Mott Beagle Roussel at the beginning of the season was a piece of business, and that edge—I feel like something's wrong with that, Beagle. That edge that they had is yeah. gone with I, with a guy like Louis on that line. They're not in hard enough on the fortune. I feel like something's wrong with Beagle. Like when we went and saw him play against the Jets. Yeah. In that game, I thought he was one of the best players on the ice for the Canucks all night long, shutting down Shifley. And I and I I'll be honest with you, he really hasn't done much to impress me, even in his even in the little things out there. Not yeah. winning fi- key faceoffs in areas, uh, not uh, being physical. I yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about Beagle. I I wouldn't be surprised if there was something wrong with him. But you know what? Who knows with this team and their injuries and the way they talk about things? Uh, and we had this discussion earlier on the podcast is it are you more concerned with the way the Canucks disclose the injuries or with the amount of injuries that are happening it's, and we've said both it's both yeah it's it's 100% both so what happens with Sutter here he has two years left on his contract he's making 4.375 mil I think it's it's it all depends on how he's going to come back yeah is he done we don't know is Second he going to come back does he, get, surgery. does he get shipped off to Robidaw Island yeah. You know, like, you can't move him. I, I mean, he has that modified no trade, and if he, he comes back in somewhat decent shape, then maybe you have a chance to move him. But you're not going to move him in the offseason. How are you going to move move a guy who hasn't proven himself, who's still making that money? No, you can't. You can't move him, yeah. Yeah. And we were hoping to move him at the deadline there. So. Well, I was... Now he's a surgery, another surgery, so. Yeah. Wow. And the... I like Sutter. Like I like. I know you do. I I think he says the right things. I he can skate, he can keep up with the play. He's got a really good shot when he shoots the puck. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a shame, man. It's a it's just another bad season. He just hasn't had good luck here, and that's 
seems to be a tail of the tape too with some of these Canucks that come in. You know, him, good Branson, like Van Berchie. Yeah, I mean it's Van Berchie, man. He that one hurts the most. Cause you don't want that guy. You don't want that guy to play if he's gonna put himself at risk. I mean, he's had what five conks now? Mm-hmm. That's just it's bigger uh, than hockey. At it's this bigger point. than hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And f- man, he just him and Bo, they had chemistry. Like and he's good at retrievals on the wall. Like you know, these injuries are just killing us. Yeah, it's part of the story but, of Canucks. It's part of the story of the Canucks this year. Even with injuries. Mm-hmm. We beat the Leafs. <laughs> I tell you, man, if that hadn't happened, this would have been one sorry sad between oh, Stammers. Man, I'm so glad that happened, dude. I'm so pumped that that happened. And it, the way that it did happen was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the talk coming into this would have been, like, if the Canucks had lost again, we would have been forced to talk about what I'm about to bring up right now. We would have probably had to lead with it instead, though. There's been a lot of talk this week. It's like, are you on the Benning train or are you not? That's that's what it is. We can't we can't hide that. Yeah. At this point, it's like, is is it time to fire Jim Benning with with the Canucks still? Even with that win, they have just four wins in their last fourteen games. Yeah. And here they are trying to make the playoff spot. I mean, they're out of the playoffs now, and they're not going to make it. Like, not where according are to we? Greener. Not according to He's Greener. He's giving it to Jeff Merrick before the game. <laughs> yeah. That green's great with the media. Yeah, he is. Uh, so where, I mean, I think you and I are both kind of in the same camp with this, but I'll ask you, are you still, do you have still, do you still have faith in Jim Benning to turn this ship the way we want it to be turned? I think you're so deep into this that you got to just see it through. Like you have to stay the course, right? Mistakes have been made. Yeah. And I don't think anybody who is pro Benning is going to say that mistakes haven't been made. They're having mistakes, but there's mistakes when you try and rebuild any team. It's just a fact, right? Where my confidence with Benning wanes is if he tries to make a splash in free agency. That's where I think his his track record is the worst. I mean, that bringing in Sutter, seeing that happen, making the McCann trade for Good Branson, signing Good Branson when his contract was up. I mean, he moved them, but that that could have, I guess, been worse. The Louis Erickson it was. albatross. The, the Louis Erickson al- albatross is probably the biggest one. And, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. You said you thought it was a fireable offense to come back with this defense. I did think and that. And I agree somewhat with what you said, but I don't think his intention this season was to come back with this defense. Like, uh, Levy was supposed to make the jump. Yeah. And I think next year, with a guy like Levy making the jump, and a guy like Quinn making the jump, this D is going to be better. It just is, you know? So right now, when you look at the Canucks' biggest weaknesses, it's on the back end. Yeah. Here we are going into the offseason now. Pretty soon we're going to get in this offseason. We're mm-hmm. going to be talking about how do they fix this back end. You talked right there about Quinn Hughes. Yeah. You talked right there about Ole Ulevi. Ulevi's coming off in surgery, so... Who knows if he's going to be ready for the start of training camp or not. They say he is, but can we believe anything they say at no. this point? No. Dude, okay, well, let me say this. There are some free agent defensemen on the market this season. Well, let's first talk about, like, just how bad the Canucks are, like, for offense for their back end. Okay. Because you had some pretty nice stats. Yeah, there. I did I, yeah. I did some stat sniffing today. Yeah. Canucks are in the bottom of the league. Bottom three of the league for goals from the blue line. That doesn't and I'm not going to talk about assists. 
because assists are power play related. There's a lot of ways for D-man to get apples, but just pure goals from the back end. Bottom three of the league. Can you guess the worst team? The worst team from the back end. I'm going to guess Arizona. No, it's Anaheim. Anaheim. Really? Yeah. Anaheim. Okay. Anaheim's, okay. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, Anaheim's they're top team. scoring defenseman on their team, goals-wise. Yeah. Elias Lindholm. Yeah. Four goals. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's Canucks been have hurt quite a bit. two yeah. guys on their team who's, who've scored five. Right. Can you name those guys? So, Alex Edler. Yep. And... Not Stetcher. Uh, I, I guess uh, Ben Hutton. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Anaheim is the lowest scoring decor in the league with 13 goals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Los Angeles Kings really? have 15 goals. Drew Doughty has five of those. Yeah. Jake Muzzin, before he got traded, would have had five of those. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, him going to Toronto kind of makes their their goal. Like, I mean, they still suck. They still can't score off the blue line. Yeah. Right? And then the Canucks have 18 goals. And that Canucks would have 21 if Goodbranson and Del Zotto is still around. That's still low enough, though, to make them bottom three in the league. I don't think the Canucks had... I think that's more than they had last year from the back end, isn't it? I know. It? I, think it, it I think it was like 12 or something. But the, the, problem, not good the problem here is still the problem that existed last year. The problem is they're not, they don't have a guy who can quarterback a power play, and they don't have enough firepower from the back end. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at the team, guys like Hutton, guys like Stetcher, I think they've earned spots on this team. Mm-hmm. Guys like uh, Levy and Quinn Hughes, I feel – Pretty confident that those guys will make the jump and be able to play on this on this team. Right. So four guys right there, two guys who might be able to drive offense pretty well. Then we have to look at a guy like Edler who has injury problems. His contract's coming up. That's gonna what be is that contract big, gonna be? That's gonna be a big. That's gonna be the biggest question right away. And then Tanev, what do we do with Tanev? Tanev's another guy who's who's been riddled with injuries, and we got to figure out what we want to want to do there. Yeah. I don't think Pouliot's coming back. I'll tell you that much right now. No. But I think some of these other guys are making cases for themselves. Guillaume Breezewell, Ashton Sautner, Alex Biega, all these guys are looking to maybe be depth defensemen. Do the Is it feasible for the Canucks to go defenseman hunting in free agency? Mm-hmm. And you have a list of some of the top defensemen that will be free agents. Yeah, and, and my problem, like, there's some good defensemen on this list, right? Eric Carlson, top of the list for obvious reasons. Yeah, Tyler Myers. Still a pretty darn serviceable defenseman. Huge body. Can still skate. Jay Bowmeister, A little old. You know? Zidane Ochara. More than a little old. Dude, he's 42 years old. Yeah. Mark, Mark Mathot. 34. Right? Yeah. I didn't think Mathot was that old. Yeah, I mean, Then you have Cronwall, Strawman, Jake Gardner, Braden Coburn, Ron Hainsey, Carl Gunnarsson, and it just kind of peters off there. Um... But my my main concern is that not one of these guys on this list, it, other than Alex Petrovic, is under twenty nine. So right? age is a big deal here for you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Even if you're just trying to get a guy to supplement some of these other guys and just take some minutes. Well, I'll tell you why age is a big thing for me. I, yeah. I think age is a big thing for me because. Um, this is kind of your cash-out contract, right, for a lot of these guys. I think so. This is the potential last contract that some of these guys will be signing. Eric Carlson, 29 years old, he's probably not going to sign another one. 
You know, he's probably going to sign. He's going to get an eight-year deal, long-term, get yeah. a big deal, and you know, he's a guy who's been hurt a couple times this year. Who knows what's going to happen with him? I don't think the Canucks are in a position to like empty the piggy bank and you know give give him like ten million dollars. No, a year, right? I mean I wouldn't lock up any of these guys long term. Even Edler, who's thirty three, right? What do you give him? Okay, so we've been pro sign Edler. We have been on this we podcast because he's been good this year. But of course, this is a contract year. This is his cash out contract. He can float into the Louis Erickson stratosphere for, you know. This is and, it. And, and you gotta <laughs> I keep, got my check. You got to keep this in mind too, right? Like, I, I really am interested in the mindset of players when they sign this cash out contract. And I really like, I really think that it's, it's players probably thinking to themselves and their agents are probably telling them, this is probably going to be your lost contract in the NHL. So you're going to want to get as much as you can to provide for your family and start thinking of life after hockey. Mm-hmm. Right? I, and I, I think that's what a lot of players do. This is why I I made the point that I wanted them to go after some of the young defensemen, some of the younger guys that are up and coming. And they're hard to get. You have to pay a premium for those guys. Guys like Montour, who went at the trade deadline. Guys like Jacob Truba, who is still with Winnipeg. But there was rumors that he was available. Mm-hmm. And I would, I honestly, I wouldn't have mind the Canucks giving up a high draft pick for one of those guys because I feel like you do need to supplement that back end with guys who are going to who are going to come and play their hearts out for their next contract do you have this d-list yeah who on this d-list would you say is the most appealing to you (sighs) probably Tyler Myers yeah but I don't think you're going to be able to sign that guy short term yeah probably not I I I like it bugs me to say this, but I kind of think Jake Gardner is one of the guys that I, I know. He Dude, has, he's Benoit Pouliot. I, mm, That's what he's like. Have you heard the reviews from that guy this year? Yeah. There are I gifts know. out there about guys like they just don't, I, I just know, don't give this I guy the I know that, but I kind of feel like he's like more the Leafs whipping boy than anything else. Did we see him tonight? No, we didn't see him tonight. Yeah, he's been a healthy scratch. for. I under, Dude, I understand exactly what you're saying, but I think like – if I was to take a flyer out on one of these guys, if okay. I, a, a flyer, I don't think you should sign any of these guys long-term. And I'm not no. saying that the Canucks should even sign Jake Gardner. So what's Alex Edler? Like, how many years? Because he know he wants to come back and play. Yeah, so, I mean, I... I think that's the first question that has okay, to be asked. Yeah, 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 answered. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm all over the map here. We were talking about Alex Edler potentially coming back for three years. Yeah. Right? He's going to want more than that. No, well, I I, would, I said he should sign for a maximum of three years, and I don't even like that. The more I think about it, the more I'd like to see two years maybe with a third option. <sighs> it's not going to happen. But, dude, yeah, the Canucks, like, especially with a guy like Edler who has had the previous contract that he's had, who has had his no-trade clause, he's going to want another one of those. And with Seattle coming into the league – and pulling players yeah, that's a wild from card. every single team. Yeah, that's a wild card. How the fuck can the Canucks protect a guy like Alex Edler over some of these other guys that they have right now? True. I don't think you can do it. Yeah. So you either have to you sign You want to lose him. a Stetcher or a Hutton? No. You probably don't want You to. either have to sign him to a contract that is v- in, very in favor of the Canucks. You know, Edler probably has to take a hometown discount, and he has to not have a movement. I mean, he has to... Not yeah, he has to not have a, a movement or trade clause. That's the only way. Other than that, I think you let him walk. I really do. Yeah. Oof. Just it's tough to get these defensemen. So yeah. What do you think? They're gonna have to draft another defenseman too. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think Benning has already said he likes a few defensemen there, in the first round that he believes that he's going to get. There are some good D-men out there. Yeah. I like Bowen Byron, man. I do. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, you know, he's got, he's got some skills. Yeah. And you know who else I really like um, watching in the dub is that kid that uh, was just here, the Finn. Mm. What the hell's his name? Lassie Thompson. Lassie Thompson. Oh, yeah. Played yeah. for the Kelowna Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got just a howitzer of a shot. Mm. And he can skate, too, man. He's got really good. Okay. Regardless it's so of difficult to rebuild this back end. That's, I mean, if Quinn Hughes comes in and is exactly what we expect him to be, it's going to put a lot of less, th- a lot less pressure. But the thing about Bennett. Quinn, and this is my con- well, not my concern with Quinn, but this is the thing about Quinn is he has some defensive shortcomings, right? Yeah. So they still need guys who can play some hard minutes and can just focus on defense. Yeah, you don't want to put we, too much pressure on. Yeah, this guy. And, and we have some of those guys in Edler. I mean, sorry, in Hutton and Stetcher, and potentially, you know, hopefully a Utica guy can step in there. I think Ulevi's going to be able to. Maybe do some of that, but not at the level that some of those other guys can do. And I think he'll drive some offense as well. That's why, to me, You're when, gonna, I lo- yeah. when I look at this list, yeah, we need to, if we are going to grab somebody off of this defensive list, we need to take a flyer out on a guy who's struggling and we might be able to reclaim. The scary thing about that is when you look at this list, it is a lot of Island of Misfit Toys kind of guys. You know, when I look at Jake Gardner's name, I look down the list. Michael Delzato is two down the list. We know how that happened. Yeah, that we already tried out. that, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's a gamble, man. It's a it's a serious, serious gamble. Maybe they're better off just not touching any of these players. Any of these players. That's why I always I pushed for trying to get those guys, those the Montours, I, I the Shea Theodores, that like other teams pay a premium for those guys. But they knew, they know, they need Shea, those Shea guys. Shea Theodore wasn't on the block, was he? There's no way he was on the block. Yeah, well, he was. He was taken in the uh, draft. Yeah, remember? He yeah. was taken in the yeah. by Vegas. Yeah, by Vegas. Yeah, yeah. but he wasn't yeah. on the trade. No, block. No, 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 no. Montour was. Okay. Yeah. Um, top scoring defensive team in the NHL. Can you guess it? It's the Sharks. No, Sharks aren't even close. Actually, really. Minnesota Wild, 43 goals from their back end. Really? Okay, yeah. so Spurgeon and um, and uh, the guy there that I always like. Ryan that. Suter? Suter? Not Suter. Yeah, Suter's good, but obviously he's good. But the, yeah. the other guy who I think is their best. Um, uh, is he coming to you? No. No? Give it to me. You got it. I don't have it. You know who it is. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I don't have it either. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> this is some good podcasting right here as we're looking it up. Yeah. I got it. Uh, he's the guy, every time I see him, I'm like, this guy, oh, no, they also have, uh, what's his favorite, Brodeen back there. Yeah. He's, he can score on the back end. And, uh, the guy I'm talking about didn't even play last game, so. Oh, well, there you yeah. go, Art. Yeah. I know who it is, so I'll find it. He's going to find it, everybody. I'll he's find it, it later. Up. Move on. Move on. All right. So, uh, what do the Canucks do? So, okay, so what do the Canucks do? I think they just got to stay the course, and if there is somebody out there who is, who they can, you know, maybe roll a dice on that other teams have passed up, then they can offer him something tiny and he can ride the pine, right? But they got a lot of moves that they got to make this offseason just to shed some of this this um, kind of injury-prone, um, injury-prone kind of, like, issue players off their roster. What, like, what? what's going to happen with Tanev? The other thing is... 
a very, very big question. The Brandon Sutter thing is another one. Tim Schaller, we haven't seen him in God knows how long. Nobody oh. even knows if he still plays with the team. Yeah, man. Right? That's, that's another misfire yeah. there. Jeez. Yeah. That Are you talking? You're talking about Dumba is who you're talking Matt about. Matt Dumba. That's yeah. exactly who yeah. I'm talking about. He's Sorry, been hurt. I, He's uh, been hurt. Yeah, I just I completely gapped on that. He's and, been uh, hurt. He's only played 32 remembered. games this year, but yeah. he had 12 goals. Yeah. 12 goals in 32 games. Yeah. Can you imagine if we had a player like that? Oh, that'd be unreal. Yeah. And then um, going back to the uh, top three teams for goal-scoring defensemen, uh, two other teams are tied. They're also both in the West, and that's the Calgary Flames. Yeah, okay. Okay, because Giordano is friggin' the man. I'd love to have probably three D-men off the back end of that team. And St. Louis. St. Louis has really come on as of late, and both of those teams have 41 goals apiece. 41 goals! 43 goals for the Minnesota Wild. Canucks have 18. That is a difference, man, between goal scoring on your back end and your power play. That's what will take you there. We have the goaltending now. We do have the goaltending. That is something we want to talk about because we have been singing the praises of Jacob Markstrom on this podcast, haven't we? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe not as much as we should, like, this guy is the only reason that the Canucks are in so many games this year. And he's been running the train here. I kind of would have liked to see, I would like to see them throw Demko out there a few more times, but he'll get some starts. The way this guy's going right now, you got to ride him, right? Yeah. Demko, I think we'll get some starts, but uh, yeah, I mean, you got to ride the hot hand. Marky just doesn't, hasn't shown really any signs of slowing down. You he's made kept a bold, us in every game. You made a bold statement about Markstrom this week. Yeah, I did. I think he's the league's most improved player in the entire league. I'd say he's the most improved player league-wide from last year to this year. Yeah. In my mind, it's it's a lock. It's no question. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of who else would be considered. People don't necessarily see it as much because he's not scoring, right? Mm -hmm. And he plays for a team that loses. Consistently. Consistently. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's below 500. Yeah. Right? But I mean, Markstrom, obviously since, he's, yeah. Like, since December, man, he's been like a top 10 goaltender. He's been fantastic. I was going to say a guy like Alex DeBrincat, maybe. Oh, yeah. That's, like, a, that's, a good, that's a good contender. He's turned into a fucking star. Yep. Um, that's a really good contender. Yeah. But I'm with you, though, and, obviously. Uh, you know what? Strom has really turned it around. As well. Strom? Ryan, Ryan Strom. Oh, Ryan Strom. Yeah. yeah. He's... He's had a pretty good season as well for for improvement. But, yeah, yeah, I really, really, really think that Markey is the guy. Like, he has made up for a lot of the Canucks' deficiencies on defense. Yeah. But, man, this defense is is the thing that – and, I mean, Benning knows. He he knows that the defense needs some retooling. He just – I just cross my fingers that he isn't going to go out there and try and land a, a big guy at free agency. All right. Because it just hasn't worked. And and honestly, I think this brings another uh, interesting question to the table about GMs league-wide. Like, GMs league-wide and agents, you know, once these players are past 30 and they're on that cash-out contract and they're looking at life beyond hockey, you know, it's a rarity out there that you got a guy like Joe Thornton or Zidane Ochara playing that late anymore. Do these guys need to reevaluate the term and the money that they're handing out because of what the pattern has been? There are so many teams with a bad contract at a guy who's 30-plus on the books. I'm going to bring up a team that's going to piss you off. Okay, But the New England Patriots do this better than any other team in 
in professional sports. Yeah. They bring in guys. They don't give long contracts out. And they bring in guys who are motivated and are, like, in their prime, and then they toss them as soon as it's over. I'm not mad at you that you yeah. brought this up at all yeah. because I honestly think the NFL is a better model for this than any other they professional sport. Allowed, they also allowed are allowed to do that. They're allowed to cut guys. Yeah. 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 Whereas in guys. hockey, you can't. Yeah. So you have to be you have to be more proactive in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And do you are, do you believe in Jim Benning able to do this? Able to play the cards right? It's his it's his weakness as a GM and he's proven it. Yeah. That he can't. Yeah. He can't do this do this all that well. Yeah. Jen, Benning does a lot of great things. This is not one of them. Yeah. And uh, like So I mean, is that, that list, is that good is that is that is that enough to fucking say fire him? Let's no. bring him in as a scout. I think I think if if he makes another bonehead move like this going into next year, or this defense doesn't do enough to get us into some better shape, then yeah, fire him. But I, you can't fire him at the end of this season. You have to give him one more season. You least. do, hey? I think so. What about you? Yeah. I, it really depends. I do think it matters what happens here in the next 15 games. And how this team finishes out. I don't I don't think you don't so. Believe that. I, like, you I don't really believe don't. That. I think he's done enough. I think his acquisitions, the flyers that he's taken out on, like a guy like Pearson, a guy like Levo, uh, Spooner is still interesting. We haven't seen enough from him to really gauge what's going on there. These guys potentially coming back next year in training camp and fighting for spots. Um our D men that we're gonna see next year make the jump are some other D men like like Breezebaugh. Uh, Jalen Chatfield trying to compete to to make this team. This team is getting younger. It's Benning. I think this is his most important offseason because we're going to have to see what he does with some of these injury prone older players. We're going to see how crafty he can be at moving them, getting them off the squad, getting them off the books, or or whatever. If he fails in that regard, right? Yeah. And we'll know probably by midseason next year. We're just wondering if he's going to be sticking around or not. Yeah, we're just wondering when is enough enough. You can't just keep letting this go forward. Yeah, but but the thing but that's, Petey has really saved well, him. Well, Petey has saved him, and his drafting has saved him. There's yeah. a, there's been a lot of really nice picks. Tyler Madden yeah. is coming along, right? Yeah. Um, Brock Besser, come on. Yeah, Brock Besser. Um, yeah. What's his nuts there? That's playing with Quinn Hughes, Will Lockwood, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are excited to see what Will can do. Yeah, there's still some players in junior that people so have. Those uh, are going to take. It is going to take some time though for yeah. see the fruits of that. Is and I understand what you're saying there. Well, he's. It's. This is one of. the I'm just wondering. Are you mad at the the people who are saying fire Benning right now? Or I you get, kind, you I, kind I, of no, understand I, it. I get it, but I think it's too soon. I, like, Benning, obviously, like, the free agency signings are abysmal. The Louis Erickson thing, I don't even understand how the hell we're going to deal with this, like, going into next season. Thank you, Louis, for scoring a goal tonight, by the way. Appreciate it. Um, but moving forward, these guys are going to be hard to, to, we hard to get off the books. We probably won't hear from Louis Erickson for the rest of the season. That was probably it, right? Well, he might get hot, you know. <laughs> he did start to come back yeah. against the beliefs it's funny though like after this stretch after this massively important stretch of play for the canucks yeah. we see him tonight i know i didn't show up when we mr too little too late yeah right yeah uh here's another thing i want to talk to you about uh brock besser is going to be a restricted free agent yep 
People are talking right now. They're seeing Elias Patterson and Brock Besser kind of struggle a little bit here to, yeah, by to the, the way, finish pe- line. People need to chill the fuck out about this. Yeah. I think. Yeah. People are calling out Besser, saying like he's like his game has fallen off a cliff and all that sort of stuff. Brock Besser is still doing a lot of really good things out there. I, I especially think that he's his, not a polished player, his but play, I feel like that's okay. His his play in the offensive zone has improved when it comes to checking, getting the pucks off the walls, winning board battles, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing him get set up for the one-timers, but I don't think that's all on Brock. I think that's a lot on power play deployment and those types of things where Brock was thriving with two all-time great power play players last year in Henrik and Daniel Sedin, an absolute snipe show with Thomas Vanek on that power play. That's right. Let's that, not forget about Thomas Vanek. That power play last year is miles better than the one that we're seeing this year, and these guys are still learning. What I do think, though, is that Newell Brown needs to re go come beyond back to the drawing board and figure out what he can do to keep this power play in a league where the idea of it's changed a little bit. You got Besser, you got Pedersen, you got Horvat. Your power play should not be this bad. Exactly. But going back to Besser, and I think he's being overly criticized, and I think Petey is too. Yeah. I think Petey's trying to do too much. And I think I they think, probably both are. And I think, I think Besser has just lost maybe a little bit of that confidence. Yeah, because like, there was a few shots here in the last few games even where he shot it right into the goalie. I'm like, last year that would have been in the back of the net. Yeah. Right? So. But they're still going to be great, man. Yeah. And honestly, like Besser moving forward with his contract – I think he get. I think you should ask him for a show me contract. So like, like a, a bridge, like, like a Kucherov like a deal, like a, a Kucherov deal, like a Kucherov yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be okay with that. You I know? think that's the way you got to do it. What, like three, three, three years, four years. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. there's tons of players. It's not just Kucherov. Like, there's yeah. tons of players that have have been put on these show me type deals. Yeah, and if they can do it, they can do it. Yeah. He's. It, I mean, if this is an idea idea of a sophomore slump for Besser like it's not bad it's not bad yeah right He's, and the guy didn't get a full off season to train no. he had the uh transverse process like issue with his back last year when Clutterbuck put him into the the door right I mean he ripped up the beauty league but obviously that's a little bit different than NHL hockey and some of these guys man they're just getting tired like this is more hockey than a guy like like Petey's ever played yeah uh Besser didn't play his first full rookie season so he's seeing more hockey than he's ever seen they're up against top lines every night top shutdown pairings every night yeah they are like this is this is growing pains for them but it's not that bad of growing pains if anything it's going to make them both better during the offseason i think yeah so we can all just come on chill out chill the fuck out yeah yeah these these and these kids are not like these are these aren't kids that are gonna like not work over the off season and try and get better. No, you you just know that by watching these guys. Yeah, right. So that's why I'm not even worried in the slightest. Um, a very very nice addition to this man is Goldie. Over the last two three weeks, has been playing some pretty spirited hockey. He's got the skill. There's a reason why he's at this level. A lot of people were thinking he was going to be dangled at the trade deadline. Some people didn't think he had enough value to really go anywhere. But I think he's proving many doubters pretty wrong right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Green, we played that cri- that clip of Green last week saying, you know, when Goldie listens to what I say, he can be a pretty effective player. Mm-hmm. I'm not – I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but that was kind of the In inference there. Yeah. 
of of what he meant. He was and, playing with um, the media nicely there. I I I'm pretty pumped for him. Like he looks like he's got some more confidence, and he tonight he had some really nice plays with the puck. He was protecting it well. He made some nice passes. He set up the Levo goal, right? That defensive play that he made towards the end of the game where he got a stick down to take away the pass. Yeah, you were squirming in your seat. I was because, squirming. Because yeah. like, he's like, oh, my God, it's Goldie back. Yeah, he was the only guy back there. And you could see what he was doing. He was looking at both guys, but it almost looked like he was doing it like manically, like being like, oh, it's two-on-one, it's two-on-one. What yeah. do I do? But he did yeah. the right thing, right? He did. He, yeah. he shut down the passing lane. Yeah, and then Marky made a good save. Yeah. Uh, we've got a sneak peek of Tanner Pearson. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, we kind of already talked about this a little bit in, in this show, but yeah. yeah. We need I mean, guys we've seen who, him for a few games We need here. guys who can crash the net. Yeah. And, and, he, and he Pearson can be that guy. And he, like Josh Levo right there, these guys are playing for their NHL careers yeah. at this point. Are they not? Yeah. I mean, Pearson especially. Yeah. For the amount of time he's been moved. And, I mean, he's had injuries and everything else. But yeah, but when you get traded so many times, you have to start I, thinking. I liked him, man. I liked yeah. him when he was on L.A., like, yeah. on that line. I thought he was a good driver on he's that line. He's got nice poise with the puck. I like that a lot. And he's kind of softening the blow of the Sven Berchi disappearance. I think all those guys kind of cumulative, cumulatively are softening that blow. Yeah. I would really like to see more of Spooner. Um, but who knows what's going to happen there. But Pearson has has uh, he's shown me something since he's been here in a shorter time. And, uh, yeah, I just like Levo. Like, I want Levo on this team. So the Canucks are back in action. By the time this podcast gets out, it'll be Thursday, I guess, when most people are listening to it. Uh, the Canucks will be playing the Edmonton Oilers at Edmonton, and then uh, they're back uh, to play Vegas on uh, Saturday night. Going to the game. A game that's... A one Caleb Kirby is going to. Yeah, I'm taking my uh, buddy Pally for his birthday out to that one. Nice. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, they need revenge after that uh, egg they laid Oh man, on Sunday. Yeah, you can also report back on uh, just how good Vegas is and how, how you think they're going to they're gonna fare here in the playoffs after getting stoned and everything like that. Yeah. I think they're trending up. I believe that they are trending up. They are trending up now after that deal. I was worried about them a couple weeks ago, but they are trending up now. Yeah. Uh, Let's go around the rest of the NHL a little bit. Uh, Here's one that I guess it kind of, it does, has to do with the Vancouver Canucks because he played a lot of his career here. Ryan Kessler played his 1,000th game. And uh, I guess uh, he did an interview on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. And he addressed, obviously, his time in Vancouver and how it ended because it was pretty sour, right? And he just he talked about the booze yeah. and everything and really how hard it was that Stanley Cup final loss was on him. So he did have a couple of decent quotes here. Like, here's one about the Cup. He said, the Cup is the only thing I wanted. When I left Vancouver, it wasn't about me not liking it or other teammates. Yeah, right. It was just <laughs> after 2011. <laughs> It affects you mentally and personally. It was hard walking back into that arena next year. I always got that Game 7 loss in my head. He also he goes on to say, I get why fans are mad at me. Trust me, I hear the boos. I get it as a fan. But I knew which way the Canucks were going, and when you get a taste of 2011, I needed another chance. My career would be unfulfilled if, it didn't get, if I didn't give myself a crack, and we had two chances in Anaheim. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kessler, he's another one of those contracts, right? On that cash-out contract towards the end of his 
his career that uh, Bob Murray probably wishes never happened. It's true. Um, how do you feel about Kessler? We, we addressed this on our last podcast. I'm bygones be bygones. And yes, I understand that he left here in a bit of a sour mood, but what great Canuck player hasn't left? Vancouver in a sour mood. Alex Burroughs? Yeah, well, I mean, right? when you're when you're good. Yeah. I mean, and Burroughs, by the time he left, he wasn't that he effective would. anymore. Yeah. Uh, when you're good and you, it still feels like you have gas and you go somewhere else, yeah, uh, fans feel betrayed by it. Yeah. I, I still like Kess. I hate how he left. I think he's one of the best Canucks to put on a uni, and he played on one of the best Canucks teams that, uh, you know, really had a shot at winning that cup. And, and I mean, it's kind of the the story of the Canucks. Like, barring injuries, they probably would have won. You know, Kessler in that Nashville series in 2011, man, he gave his all. We'll always he had that team that stack series. on his back, right? Yeah, like, we'll always remember that series. He was fantastic. But, I, I, I mean, as a fan, when he comes here, I'm still going to boo him. Yeah. I'm going to boo him until he is done. I'm going to boo him until he's retired. And then, hopefully... The Canucks are going to recognize that, and a lot of fans are going to be like, hey, this team, I know it's still a little soon now, but this team, looking back on them, this guy should probably be in the ring as a Canuck. Oh, And if that happens, I'm going to cheer it. He should probably be in the ring. Is Does Alex Burroughs make the ring too? Like, how big is this ring, right? Um, I think you could make an argument for Burroughs to be there. I think you can make an argument for both those guys to the be Canuck, there. But the Canucks kind of... They fucked themselves with. They with, fucked themselves with the the jersey with the jersey, jersey retirement. retirement. I just think since they fucked themselves there, it also kind of fucks them in the, in I don't the ring so. of honor a little bit. I don't think so. You know, I, I think the ring of honor is a little softer than it should be right now. Not right now. It, well, I, I I love Marcus Nasland. Yeah, but that's that's a jersey retirement. I know. I love, but those guys like maybe Marcus and Pavel should be in the ring of honor. Not in the rafters, right? Yeah, I I don't disagree with which that. means it would kind of push guys like Burroughs out of the Ring of Honor. I think is I, what I'm saying. I think Kessler should be in the ring. Yeah, I do. Whereas Kessler, yeah, he is a good dude. Think of the clutch the goals that guy scored to you know take the team even into the playoffs. He yeah. like he was pivotal in so many games where he turned the tide. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's prickly and. There's stories about him, you know, tomcatting around and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at his play on the ice and what he did for this team and how excited he got Vancouver about hockey, along with the Sidines, who obviously are world-class players and they'll have their jerseys retired because they deserve to have their jerseys retired, I think Kessler should be in the ring. Yeah, he was part of the real heart and soul grinding era there. Uh, Let's move on, though, because we have talked about Kessler a lot. Congratulations on your 1,000th game, Kessler. Uh, To another guy who got a lot of boos in his, I guess, want to call it homecoming, uh, John Tavares, who we saw tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jammy boy John? He he went back to Brooklyn, and boy, it was was mean. It wasn't even Brooklyn, dude. It was was Long Island. It was Long Island. Yeah, I guess it was Long Island. Yeah, it was in the Coliseum. Yeah. So he went back to New York, and... They were not nice to him the at all. The rickety-ass Coliseum. Yeah, it yeah. got so... This got a lot of... It got a lot of play on yeah. the internet. Like, a lot of play. Well, did you hear Sean Avery's take on it? I did. I thought and, that was a bit And then I also saw... Take. I saw the guy from Barstool, like, call him out. Calling out Sean Avery? Oh, you should see it. Yeah. Uh, so, it was on Split and Chicklets. 
Spitting Chicklets. Spitting oh, Chicklets. Cool. So, and it was okay. I don't know if you watch these, but uh, there's pizza reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you the guy, the, the guy, Portnoy. Yeah, Portnoy. But the guy who does his, who holds the camera for him. Yeah. His guy's name's Frankie. Yeah. And he's a huge. He sounds like an Islanders yeah. fan, just the name. Of Frankie. He's a huge fucking Islanders yeah. fan. Ah, I'm Frankie. And if you guys haven't heard this, just look it up. Yeah. Look up Sean Avery, Frankie Barstool interview. This guy lays into Sean Avery. Oh, like, good. he does not hold Sean back. Sean Avery deserves to get laid into every <laughs> once in a while. He's like, oh, man, it's so good. It's just like, for you, Sean Avery, to fucking tell fans how to act yeah. is the most ridiculous fucking He's thing He's a few ever. scoops short of a Sunday, that guy. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts on like, should fans? Fuck yeah. Should fans be? Should should they do yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's gamesmanship. It's it's betrayal. It's drama. It's sports, man. Fans feel like they make a difference. It's why we cheer when we're in arenas. I thought it know? was. I thought it was fifty fifty though. And a it, lot of people were like, "Oh, that was those, disgraceful yeah, the way those, they acted." Those people just want to be all high horsed on fucking <laughs> social media platforms and shit. I'm not buying it, dude. Think about it. John Tavares left the Islanders in the prime of his career. Yep. Name me another NHLer who just decides to go to free agency and go, "Meh, see you later." I'm going to this team because I like this team better, and this is the team I grew up with. Name another player who is a top. Arguably three. I'd say top five player in the league that's ever done that. Well, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter both did it. Yeah, but are they at that time? At that point, that, weren't they? Nah, I don't Maybe think at that point. I don't think they're that good. They were pretty good. They I know were pretty they're good, good, but I don't think they're John Tavares good. But at that time, when they signed those contracts, they were they were the heart and soul of their teams. I just don't think right? they're that. I don't think it's debatable. I think okay. John Tavares was okay. the Islander. Okay, I think it's debatable. But nah, okay. I don't. Sure, I'm just giving you other examples. Of I, I know. Free agents I, I'm shutting them left. down because I don't think they're at as high of a level as John yeah. Tavares when he left that Islanders. Yeah. He was the franchise. He was drafted as like the golden boy to lead that franchise into the future. And he gave them nine and seasons. He fucking said, he's like, I'm an Islander. I'm going to stay here. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. That was and mean. I understand that that's what you have to say, right? Yeah. But. You know, it gives cause for fans who bought the jerseys, bought into the swag, bought all that sort of stuff, or like Johnny's our captain, and then just him and free agency, yeah, I got to go play for the Leafs. I get it. I fucking get it. I totally do. I like the snake heads, <laughs> the Voldemort on the back of the jersey. Did you like Did some you of the see chants? That? Oh, some of the chants were just hilarious. <laughs> that that's our captain, yeah. uh, Nielsen Barzy's chant. Barzy's better. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We yeah. don't need you. Right? Yeah, that sort of stuff. Dude, it's fun. I thought it was fun, too. Yeah. That, to me, gets me excited for hockey. You see those types of chants in New York, and you're like, that is a fan base. Hockey fans are insane. You see it happen in Winnipeg when an opposing team comes into their barn. I love it when a crowd is into it. I love it when Kessler comes here and the Canucks boo the shit out of Kessler. It engages fans into the game. It shrinks the ice for the players. You know, Kessler even admitted it. He's like, people, I hear the booze. I hear all that sort of stuff. This is the type of thing that passionate fans can do that actually can have an impact on, on a game or on a series, mm-hmm. especially with goaltenders, man. Mm-hmm. It can just totally ruin a goalie. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. But looking at it from John Tavares' point of view, I get it as well. He's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. 
Yeah. Uh, and he gets to go play for his childhood team that I he mean, wants I to I mean, play. that's his God-given right to do that. Yeah. You know? Just like it's their God-given right to boo the shit out of him yeah. when he comes back. Well, I mean, they felt betrayed, and I totally understand. I liken it to the LeBron thing when yeah. he left Cleveland. I feel it's, like, very close to that. Yeah. And they were doing the exact same sort of things. Yeah. That's a fan base. Yeah. I don't think any of them like burning the jerseys. You're cool with that, though. I think but, it's stupid. I think it's stupid, <laughs> but they bought the jerseys. Yeah. I mean, true. that's $300 of your hard earned money down the tubes. I guess you can do what you want with it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's just it's sports. It's okay. part of sports. All right. That's good. It's a nice way to finish this. Um, I had a point about this, too. About Tavares? Yeah. About this Please. whole thing. Oh, the the Leafs when he came back home. Oh, yeah, giving him a huge standing Jesus. O. <laughs> That's such a Leafs this fan is why, thing to do. This is why every other <laughs> fan base hates you, Toronto. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. And then, like, and then all of a sudden, you know, Sportsnet picks it up as a story. Yeah. And it's the lead going into the highlight of the night. Uh-huh. Oh, warm reception back for our muffin star who can't handle being booed by his former team. Mm-hmm. Jesus. John Tavares isn't a muffin either. No, I feel, I, I feel like he's he's just fine. I understand that. He yeah. can handle it. He's a pro. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody being like, no, you're so brave for going to New York, <laughs> facing the former team you're with. Are you? No. You're fine. You're an athlete. You can deal with it. People have been booing you since you were on the ice in Pee Wee, probably. Yeah. Toronto's not winning anything. Oh, man. This Boston. This Right now, if the playoffs were to start yeah. today, it would be a Leafs-Bruins first-round series. How awesome is that, would for, that be? For a team that lost to Boston in 2011 yep. and, a te- and a guy who still doesn't really like Boston for that reason, I will probably be cheering for them in this first <laughs> round to knock the Leafs out. Well, like I said, we went to Boston. It would not surprise me if the Bruins won it all, right? Yeah, I mean that's a fun sports city too, and that's they got passionate fans. Yahoo, Boston, they're the they're but the, but they're, passionate fans. You, you could consider they're the most passionate fans. Well, city of champions right now. Oh Jesus! <laughs> all right, I'll I'll lay that one down low. Uh, so the, yeah, the Canucks, uh, fifteen games left. See what happens here. Uh, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but uh, at least we can get. Uh, the power play going strong right? finish right yeah. strong finish a look at quinn um th- those are the kinds of things we let's ruin see. it for the oilers too let's, oh yeah let's freaking beat them tomorrow night and, and let's get some them. redemption against those freaking golden knights yeah. right yeah there's lots of stuff to be watching for here i like it uh caleb kirby where can we find you uh at curbman 23 on twitter uh, you can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, between the stammers at gmail.com. Yeah, email us. Yeah. Give we'll, us some. We'll, an- we'll answer your questions. Yeah, we will. You have a topic you want us to talk about? We'll talk about a topic too. Yeah, we need the feedback. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Just uh, type in, or anywhere you get podcasts, really, just type in between the stammers and you're going to find us. What a night. Yeah. That win. Yeah. Spirits are lifted. God damn, our spirits lifted. Man, when they were down, trailing, two goals going into the third, I was looking, I had my eyes up around the, around your, uh, uh, your living room there and just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, how am I going to get through between the stammers tonight if the Canucks get shut out here? Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't want, your mood would have been something else. We, like I said, we would have started with Benning. That's the first yeah. thing we would have started with. So it's really nice not to talk about that. 